You got to check out Wilmot, by the way, Randall. That game is fucking so addicting. It's like, it does sound like my type of game. It's like literally just organizing. Yeah. To your heart's desire. It sounds good. Much. Great. It's it's amazing. <laughs> Although now I have Animal Crossing to scratch that itch a bit. You can only That's play true. that so many hours in a day. Are you sure? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 47 and my name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. And John Hines. Hello, hello. And we're uh, missing DJ tonight, but we're all uh, self-isolated uh, and quarantined. Yes, uh, John's uh, over in his uh, closet while his uh, wife is playing Wii, uh, or I was going to say Wii Fit again. That's just so <laughs> easy to say. <laughs> easy to Playing some to Ring make. Fit. <laughs> playing some ring fit adventure and uh yeah randall's uh out in seattle or at least on the outskirts of seattle i'm in but, tacoma uh, buddy it's a real city <laughs> Got like four hundred thousand people here man the Ooh, that's a legit yeah maybe not that many <laughs> yeah but the region uh, but the all... region <laughs> good deal but we're all we're all doing well and hope you're doing well as well and staying safe and healthy and everything but uh we're back as always to talk about some video games and uh we i guess we can just kind of pick up we talked a little bit about forager the last couple weeks and uh john i let him borrow my uh my physical switch cartridge Ooh, and i will and, be uh, returning I still gotta it get to that you back. as soon as we can come into contact with each yeah. other <laughs> Jeez, that's true as soon as i can wipe your grubby paws off that cartridge <laughs> put a clorox um, wipe to that switch cartridge maybe it won't taste bad anymore Oh, it'll be nice yeah. and clean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think you even got further than I did, John. I don't know about as far as like time, because I just got sucked into all the uh, just like maximizing the gathering and uh, and crafting mechanics. But uh, how are the dungeons and the rest of the game? It seems like you you pretty much got through the, the whole thing or at least saw a lot of what the game has to offer. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, like I didn't get as many skills as you. I think you were pretty close to maxing out the skills that you get from leveling up. But yeah. there was I, I reached a point where like I was finishing the dungeons and I was unlocking all the mechanics where like I, uh, the most enjoyment I got out of the game was from unlocking things. Sure. And so what I ended up doing was, you know, there are some like boons that you can get that uh like will sacrifice your max health and just give you a level up. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to run blast through this game and unlock everything and just see that like normally you know i try to like max out everything and try to get everything as as you know high level as you possibly can but i'm like i just want to see everything in this game right so i yeah like ended up with a game like i at one point i had i think i had like seven hearts and i got rid of all of them except for the base number of three then like uh because i was also powerful enough like unlocking you know stronger weapons and everything that like right. i was one-shotting pretty much every enemy anyway yeah so, yeah i never like, went into the dungeons but it was like you didn't need to be you you were pretty powerful i actually don't think i ever had more than four hearts to be honest mm -hmm. um Jeez. i just kept choosing to level up my did, did you ever make the spirit orbs and craft those john i never made one but like i encountered a lot i also like the you, you unlock this area where you know you bring in like the different items it's kind of like a museum or a collection area yeah and like yeah i 
maxed out that and i unlocked okay i never i still haven't done that yet actually despite my obsession with like the collecting and everything i actually still haven't completed all that yeah and like i unlocked uh, every island um and completed most of the dungeons like uh and i got to the point where you know like you can at some point you can actually craft land and i started filling in all the holes (laughs) yeah Oh, uh, just the patches of land. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I've actually been filling in all those little holes with bridges just to, like, oh, yeah. Make it easier to traverse the, like, there's sometimes in the little islands, there'll be like a little, you know, like mini lake or even just like one tile that's a water tile. Right. And I'll just, like, plop a little bridge in there just to be like, I don't want to f- deal with running around that tile every time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, th- I thought you meant you could, like, doing. build new islands, like, beyond the boundaries no, i was no, like oh like that. man that yeah but like yeah, yeah at, at some point like i got to the game where i was like you know there's not really anything else i want to do in the game which like you know i i played it to pretty much its completion and like i wanted to play it to that point but like there yeah. there was a point where you know i got to the end and i saw that there were no more worlds to conquer and i was like <laughs> all right think i'm i think i'm done with this game i guess this is it (laughs) it was great timing because at that point uh animal crossing (laughs) new horizons had come out hell yeah and (laughs) it was it was basically the polar opposite of how i approached forager where like forager was a game that like i didn't need to put down at any point like there was always something else to do there was always a thing that i could just keep playing the game endlessly until like i got to the point where i was like done with the game right Whereas, yeah or even like honestly you could set it down for a half an hour like if you had a bunch of stuff crafting oh, like yeah. in your plants power not power plants but your factories and stuff like that like you could almost like i would sometimes like ah, i'm gonna go to the bathroom or oh, i'm gonna make some dinner and you just leave it on because I know I got yeah. a bunch of stuff crafting and it Did takes a little bit thing. of time. So, OK, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and I guess before we move on fully into Animal Crossing, did you enjoy Forager? I feel oh, like. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I liked it. But like there was definitely an, an end point in that game. Or How like, many hours? Uh, I mean, I, that that's the thing is I also like left it on when I would yeah, make yeah, dinner. So true. like it's it's yeah. I would probably say I put, you know, 10 to 20 hours into it. OK. Is, I think yeah. I was at about 20 and again, I didn't really mess with the dungeons, but like, I, I feel like I got a, a whole game's worth out of fun out of that game, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to get that cartridge back and dig into the dungeons, but sorry to and, but go no, back to I that before we go to Animal are, Crossing. There is a plan to do uh, like more mechanics are going to roll out and more updates are planned for it. I think there's, yeah, there's uh, like, like a roadmap right on yeah. the menu screen that shows like there's a couple new updates planned that already have, I think like names and stuff. They, they yeah. don't have dates or anything, but they just say coming soon. And then it sh- looks like there's planning on even more than that so awesome so yeah like the game like i think will have more content and like you know have all these more mechanics and stuff built into it but i I think i I think i'm i'm good on it i think i've yeah i've had my time with it and i've enjoyed it nice well i'll keep you posted if uh anything they add ends up being cool but uh why don't we get back to animal crossing uh new horizons which i know both you and randall have been uh sinking quite a bit of time into oh Oh, yeah yeah. but it's so good it, with the yeah like that comparison to forager where like you know i i got it and i you know being on in central time i think that i had a couple hours before like when it downloaded at midnight on 
uh, like the East Coast or wherever, like because the United States has that region lock. I had a digital copy that you could download, and most countries exist in one time zone. Right. So as soon as it hits midnight <laughs> in your country, like you can download ah, it. So once cool. it hit midnight in New York, nice. Like it was unlocked everywhere. So nice. you on the West Coast got it like probably at like 8 p.m. or something. Well, I didn't download it, so that didn't apply oh. to me, unfortunately. Ah, that's right. You had it in the mail. I did, but I, I got it for like 38 bucks total because of the Best Buy Gamer Awards thing. Yeah. Still milk it. I can't. It's I keep now. feeling like every time you bring it up. Okay, I was going to say, I feel like every time you bring it up, you're like, oh, I got to get these last ones in. And then I feel like we've been, you know, we've almost been doing this podcast for a year now. And you're still like, yeah, I got my got my orders in. Got Hell my yeah. Best Buy discount. But that's awesome. That's awesome. Was this the last game you received via that discount? The last one while I still had it active, but it let me pre-order things um, that are coming out in, in the advance. future for switch still so there's a handful of things that i grabbed just because hey, nice. that's 20 percent off and then with this yeah. game it's like 20 percent off plus a 10 dollar gift card plus a pre-order bonus so oh heck like, yeah oh, that's awesome i not do that nice yeah no brainer yeah yeah and it's amazing absolutely i love animal crossing but, yeah so I, I got it uh <laughs> i think i got it at like 11 o'clock uh, at night yeah. so i had a good hour to get an entire day's worth of things to unlock oh geez, so like yeah i unlocked like the first uh like i unlocked blathers which was nice. like the museum tent yep and i had that like in an hour of daytime That's a big deal. had that clock roll over and like you know the game so like at uh, when I was going into it, I had that mindset of like I gotta accomplish things, I gotta get things done because <laughs> Animal Crossing does like like parse them out. Like you can only yeah. unlock so many things in a day, and then when you do, like usually they're building them, and it takes an entire day for them to build. So then you Sometimes don't even more. yeah you don't even <laughs> get to access it for like an yep. entire twenty four hour period. Yeah. So like especially like as everybody's posting on social media and like everyone yep. was like it's like oh my god i've got like blathers is still building the museum and i have all these bugs and fish yep. i can't deposit <laughs> so you're 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 talking a day in real time yeah correct yeah. okay just making sure because like because again in like stardew valley i think it's like some things will take like three days of in-game time to build right. but like that's like maybe about an hour i think every day in stardew valley is about 20 minutes or so if, if you play the whole duration of of the day right so okay that I, I always forget that animal crossing is tied to the you know real life clock yeah, yeah. but which like, i like i think that's really like it. cute honestly i you know i i like that aspect of it it feels more lived in and like intentional that like yes i'm gonna go at 7 p.m because this specific fish or bug only comes out at that time and in the rain and i'm gonna find yeah. it damn it like that's really cool i think and it, it seems like it's a nice way to like encourage it to like incorporate the game into your lifestyle yeah. almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I'm playing it before I start work every day where like I'll wake up and I'm like, all right, I know the stores won't open till 8 p.m., but I got to get out of the house in order to make it to work on time. <laughs> right. But I can right. still, you know, I know some villagers will be awake by that time and some of them won't. And like, I'll talk to those when I get back from work. And right. It's it's just a I don't know I, I love the way that it is a more relaxed almost by necessity like mm -hmm. you can't just like do like you you can do twenty four hours worth of gameplay in it but like there really isn't that much especially no. in the early parts of the game where yeah. you're just yeah. playing the 
like whatever is available. Like you only have the original villagers that moved in with you and then you know, uh, little by little more come in and you're meeting them and you're doing things with them. But like you kind of just make your own fun for the like with the tools you're given. Right. Yeah, that's that's interesting because it's almost like the opposite of Stardew Valley where you're like you're on that 20 minute, 25 minute timer where you're like, you know, things are still on the like stores open at 9 a.m. or and they close at five. But every hour is going by in a matter of, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. I, I don't know what the math breaks down to, but it's like you what I was picturing, like once you get into the flow of like your game state and you've built up your farm a little, you can get the, the Stardew Valley can become a little bit more of a leisurely game. But like it definitely gets to a point where like at first I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get to the store. Oh, it's closed on Wednesdays. Oh, man, I can't buy the seeds. I can't play like it can get a little frustrating where like Animal Crossing seems like it just breaks that like wide open. Yeah. And lets you almost forces you to like kill time in that game which is kind of nice yeah you're kind of gated in in a way but it's it feels good to me and yeah you could be the type that like full bores for 24 hours to do as much as possible but i think you're you might ruin the experience for yourself if you do that too much in a game like animal crossing it's meant to be take it in chunks you know maybe you'll play for three or four hours at a time both tina and i have separate you know characters and you play on the same island if you have you know, one switch, which we do, which has been a lot of fun too. Cause then like I can send her letters and attach like mm-hmm. gifts, like, Oh, here's the tools. Like you, you don't have these specific materials to craft a, a shovel or whatever else, but I do. So, you know, yeah. no big deal. I'll make an extra for you. So you don't have to be like gate kept by that part of the game. You can go out and do the fun stuff. Right. So yeah, there's a lot I of just Lauren that a ladder. stuff. What's that? I sent Lauren a ladder so that she could <laughs> climb the cliffs because she could, didn't I don't have even that unlocked. I have one of those yet, man. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, that brings up a question that I, I do want to ask because like uh, is like Tina like really into like the mechanics of like unlocking stuff in it or is she just looking to like have fun in the game? She's looking to have fun and she's really into the mechanic of paying off her damn debt. Like, yeah, she, she wants her mortgage paid off. <laughs> Gotta like, get those ASAP. bells. <laughs> okay, because like one thing that I've I've seen as like a valid criticism and like. I I can totally see for like people who like, you know, households where there are like multiple, like, you know, m- more dedicated gamers in the yeah. f- and like families where like the only like the main person who like in owns on because like, you can only have like one island per physical switch. Right. Um. So you need to have multiple switch systems if you want to like each have your own separate island. Right. But in addition to that, there's like a lot of mechanics that like the second like characters or profiles can't do like they yeah it's a little bit harder to unlock like certain mechanics because they don't like the main storyline quest if you can call it that like really only applies to the first like player's profile you can't like both be on the island like like locally and have people come over online and you, oh that's you, a bummer it's it, like there's just like these weird oversights they're like i don't yeah. know if they're like on purpose to like incentivize you to have a second switch but like they want you to buy that switch light right <laughs> right but like these are things that like do not impact like us at all because lauren is not interested in like you know doing all these like various things like she just wants to make her house look the way she wants and like yeah catch fish like yeah like so she like can enjoy the, the environment and vibe of the game yeah right she can play the core like mechanics of the game but like i've seen a lot of people online who like you know 
either, you know, just because they like their household only has one switch system. They're like, cool. I basically got half of a game. And because my like partner or my roommate or whatever, like, like bought the game and like, they have all the uh, like access to progressing the story and unlocking new things. And like, I just don't. And like, it's, it's a bummer. It's true. Yeah, you are right about that, too, because I felt the pressure of, like, I need to get Tina these tools because I'm pretty sure I only got some of those tools because a villager handed them, like, the materials I needed to me. Right. Or, like, maybe even one of the tools, but she's not getting those opportunities. Right. So, like, how is she supposed to get some of these things if I don't help her get them? Like, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's a, yeah, very weird choice that I don't quite understand but like i also like i don't know if they just ran the numbers and were like you know what this isn't gonna impact that many people like we don't right. really need or like we can't physically fit in this much into the physical game cartridge maybe we'll just maybe. cut that corner and even but, with that yeah. impact like she's still having a ball like i think she's played oh, more yeah. hours than i have so it's like this <laughs> minor complaints ultimately but like right yeah it's been a blast yeah well, Nintendo's still trying to figure out the internet, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it's true. it's a little bit of a shame <laughs> like, that, that that they're still having these issues. Put a like, it, it, on them there, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, is there, do you guys know if there's any way to, like, if you have multiple accounts on your Switch, like, if, if you bought it with, on your user profile and then Lauren logged in on her user profile and you both actually bought the game, could you both have your own island so. i mean obviously if you only have one switch you wouldn't actually be able to play together on each other's islands because you wouldn't be able to play no, simultaneously I, 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 I think but it's i think it's literally locked by system like i think you're right man because that's like, a that is a huge shame because uh, yeah. i mean they that even if it was as you know a cash grab kind of situation or like a pokemon you know two versions of it but you know if it was like hey if you want the full-fledged experience and you want to be able to have the full features like at least offer that that, like, that seems kind of crazy to me to yeah not have that option but because again it probably doesn't affect that many people it kind of bummed me out because i was like oh it would be sweet if like you know some of like lauren and my mutual friends like we were playing with them online and like i was like oh it'd be really nice for like lauren to go over and visit like charlotte and see her island and then like Mm -hmm. i tried doing it on her profile and then i realized that i had bought the nintendo online subscription through my profile and it's like oh you don't have online capability and i was like god that's such like yeah yeah that's a that's a bummer i upgraded to the family account for that purpose but only after i bought a single one first and yeah yeah there's a lot of clunkiness with nintendo's uh way they run their business sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah all that being said this game's sweet though and i enjoy the fishing and i've always enjoyed the fishing in animal crossing (laughs) i do not overlook the bait because like i was not using the bait mechanic the bait is like it just generates uh like throw it into any body of water and it will just like have a fish appear we were messing around with that though and and mostly it's just the same damn sea bass that shows up when we throw the bait out it's never really anything too interesting in different places the river mouth will give you a different place the cliffside river will give you a different one cliffside pond will give you different okay that's okay i'm Oh God, I'm I'm so pumped for one, like even the changing the seasons, which is coming yeah. at the end of this month. Yeah, oh, I'm pumped. That'll be I, sweet. It's my favorite thing is to just like you know see how the environment changes. Yeah, I've got my orchard already set aside on a little plot of land with everything yeah. except pears. We're gonna so, trade. I know. We're gonna do a little barter. <laughs> Got to coordinate. 
It's a it's a beautiful looking game too. I got to be honest. Like I, yeah. I've I've only played a tiny bit of the uh, the DS version. I think it was Wild World, if I'm not mistaken, yep. on DS. Um, and I but I've got it like I got a DS light like way after the fact, like when I met Randall working at Best Buy. Yeah, and started we started to like just w- with a few of the people that we worked there with, we kind of started talking games all the time, and I oh, got yeah. kind of back into video games. That's kind of what just kind of re sparked my interest in like. I remember uh, picking up the DS Lite and just playing a, a little bit of Animal Crossing, but it was so much after the fact right. that like I feel like I, I missed out on that wave of like playing together with friends and just jumping in. Like I, I keep logging into my, I don't have a ton of friends on my Switch, like maybe only ten people, and I keep seeing like up to six people all logged in <laughs> yeah. at once, all playing Animal Crossing, yep. and I'm just like, it's impossible to not feel left out. And then again, like even just like, you know, the little like. That little, at least in all the trailers, like that little main, like charming little melody. Oh, it's yeah. like, so it's not even a song worm. almost, you know, it's, it's like, so it, yeah, it's a, it's an earworm, but it, it really isn't. It's more like the type of music that would be on like the Wii shop channel or yes, something. Like it's like more it's like that. To, yeah. To is to it the Kenny. same? Is, his, yeah. He's so good. He wrote so, yeah. all the Wii shop, the Wii like me maker, like, oh, like yeah. the menu a music. Master. It's so, Amazing it's themes. so pleasant and like. Yeah, it's just so good. So I, I again, I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling, and it, it does look like just everything in this game looks a lot more like fluid. I don't know, it just looks like all the gameplay looks really smooth and streamlined. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, um, they've they fixed a lot of the clunkiness in the yeah. in the series. It's, it's such a joy to play. Yeah, you couldn't yeah, stack the items originally, could you, in the early games, oh, I don't think. That's crazy. <laughs> Even still, there's still some where like you can't like for whatever reason like you know clams even though they're not like classified as a fish or a bug can't stack yeah that and is i'm like weird, god that's it? so irritating that yeah. i have to like catch a bunch of them and then i craft them into bait which then is right. stackable <laughs> right huh. uh, yeah but there's always quirks and stuff like that with these oh, like yeah. I yeah. don't know, these kind of like open-ended, like almost like simulation style games. Like yeah. that's not exactly what I would think of first when I think about Animal Crossing, but it is kind of a sim game. So yeah. you need to My, live that island life, of. Kevin. It's real good. Yeah. Come I'll I'll us. get it. And and to be honest, I know Randall, you and I have for a lo- the longest time been like big time like collectors of like physical yeah. media, but I'm kind of leaning towards I, I think I would play this a lot more if I had it digitally. Because yes. I know it, it'd be one of those games that if I buy it on a cartridge, I'll leave it in my system for now and I'll play it with you guys and I'll jump on and, and enjoy it for however long. But as soon as I move on to the next cartridge game and that comes out of my system, I, I could just see myself never going back to it. So yeah. yep. Um just because I know how I nothing against the game or anything, but just like knowing how I am with my gaming tendencies. But uh, again, depending on how long this quarantine lasts, I might have time to to get in there and play some more games. So. <laughs> yeah, just need to have more oh, cartridge man. slots on the top of that switch, right? Like <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be nice up there? Yeah, get a little six disc changer. <laughs> yeah, in the trunk. Do you guys remember that when they would have like the yeah. disc changer in the trunk of oh, your yeah, car? Man. Oh, that's how you knew just that like, you uh, were dealing with a baller. Oh yeah, that's yeah. My shit. dad had my dad had one of those. He had an old like Monte Carlo that had a. It was either a six or a twelve disc changer Ooh-hoo. in the car, and it would always like the CDs would skip like crazy. <laughs> it was it was like it never worked, or if it was too cold out, it wouldn't work properly. It wouldn't register the disc. It was, and then obviously you can't just be like, oh, let me. Let me listen to something else. Yeah. You, know, you just had, oh, yeah. let me pull over. <laughs> Obviously, we would just put on the radio the or something. <laughs> you yeah. didn't shell out just, for that disc protection, man, to get a little of that skip protection on there. I know. I know. I should Best Buy, I thought it was a scam all this time, that, <laughs> that consumer protection, but I guess not. 
what was it the PCP plan or the PDP plan? I forget what <laughs> yes, it was called. P, PDP. Yeah, one of those. Whatever it was, who cares? Yeah. Um <laughs> But uh, but I guess uh, are you guys uh, good to wrap up Animal Crossing there for oh, now? Yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking for about now. it in the weeks to come. Yeah. But uh, if you guys had more, feel free to tack it on. Tack on in the future. Yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> Craft on in the future. Per- <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, Randall and I played a little bit of the newest uh, Slay the Spire run. It's been a little bit, or Slay the Spire update, I should say. I played about a half of a run, yeah. if that. Played like the first like chunk of levels or the first act and i think you played a full run with the new character the watcher was it the watcher yeah yeah so (laughs) i'm i'm really really liking the gameplay i know we talked about slay the spire in the past and uh, at least for me i was really into uh the silent was kind of my main character um and each character almost not almost like legitimately has like a pretty different play style um, I would agree. And different mechanics, all different cards. You know, obviously you have your basic attack and defense cards in each deck. And this is kind of like a roguelike dungeon crawling uh, card deck building game, yeah. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I love this new update. Uh, I'm really into the even just like the art style or like, you know, the design of the new character. Yeah. Um, I just really like the style. And then just the the way like the main mechanic is like you have, at least from what I've seen so far, there's two different stances. You have like a wrath stance and a calm stance. And yes. when you're in your calm stance, whenever you leave that stance, which some of your cards will just say leave this stance, right. or when you just switch from calm to wrath, that would be you leaving that stance. Right. Um, you will gain two extra like mana to use your turn. Nice. And then when you're in wrath uh, stance, all of your attacks do double damage, but then vice versa, you oh, take yeah. double damage risk from reward. enemies. So it's all about, well, risk reward, but also about just like juggling which cards you use yep. first. There's a lot of like, a lot more of like the cards playing off one another. Oh, like yeah. if you, if the card you played before this card is an attack, then this is another attack, but also get another mana back. Or like right. a lot of the cards also that I've gotten throughout the run will be like play this card for four defense now and then also shuffle this new card into your deck right um and a lot of there's like a uh the normal like exhaust mechanic where like after you play a card you use it but there's also a new i I think it's new that retain mechanic where uh you sometimes will have a maybe maybe not it might be (laughs) i don't know i i don't recall it coming across that but maybe that's because i'm only playing with the silent all the time but uh it's kind of set up where like you if you don't play that card this turn it'll stay in your hand right. until the next turn yep and then like i was able to get this power up so i'm still in the middle of this run i didn't lose or anything i beat the first boss and then just saved my run did the same but uh, i actually have it <laughs> yeah i ha- actually have it to where i uh have this power card that every turn i ha- get one more mana and then that yeah. number goes up by one every turn so like the first turn i get it usually start each turn with three skill points to use or mana points to use. Then the next turn I will have four points to use. Then the next turn I'll have six points to use. Then the next turn I'll have nine points to use. So it adds one, then two, then three exponentially going up. So like by the final turn I had against the first boss, I think I had like 12 mana points and then again you're able to like you run out of cards stances yeah yeah and you're able to like switch stances and like get even more and just like stay oh it was just it was awesome i was just like laying waste not necessarily to the boss like it wasn't like i 
was like a, a wrecking force, but it, it, it was feeling pretty good. And I'm, I'm excited to finish out this run and I'm definitely excited to like unlock the different tiers of this character. Cause there's usually new cards and relics oh, yeah. and abilities that end up becoming available. But what do you think of the character? I've been just rambling on for like five minutes here. You're rambling. Cause it's great. No, I, <laughs> I really like the watcher as well. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite characters. I think she does, like you said, look really cool. And yeah, this is, uh, another game I own physically. So there's a natural tension happening now between slay the spire and animal crossing <laughs> where i'm having to flip between the yeah. two so that kind of reinforces the the point that you made earlier but i got a discount on both of them so that's got to help for something <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah th- there's actually apparently more stances there's like a divinity stance that i tried to get into but i don't think i have Ooh. enough cards in my deck to like reach the divinity stance like you have to build it up over time in uh, a given combat um, so I'm not exactly sure what that does. Yeah. I've only really encountered wrath and calm, but it's really cool. Like say you start a turn in calm, uh, knowing that, like you said, once you exit calm, you're going to get two more of the mana or whatever they call them to, uh, spend, uh, on cards or, or combats that turn. So I see that I'm in calm, but I also see there's uh, a couple of you know, cards in my hand related to do say like 11 damage to a given enemy, but I don't want to necessarily, even though I have the mana to do it now, I don't want to stay in calm because that's 11 damage. But if I flip over to the wrath stance, I will now do 22 damage from that Mm. card, just using the same amount of mana. So yeah, it becomes this big puzzle with the cards that are in your hand to say like, okay, I'm in calm now. I jump out of calm. I get two more mana. I go into wrath. I hit him really hard. And maybe I have one more card that lets me hit him and then change my stance or exit my stance so that I'm not left wide open next turn to get hit for double damage myself. And it's this like push and pull with this character that makes every turn super interesting. So yeah, like you said, I'm excited to get more cards and build out that deck and go through further runs. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I would say it's yeah, yeah, it's probably the most strategic of all the characters, at least from what I've played. Like, yeah, it was definitely like each turn. Again, it takes a little bit of time to get used to each character and what cards you have in your deck. Yeah. And what cards that character has, like all of these cards, apart from your basic attack and defense are all new. Like the stance mechanic is a totally new mechanic. No other character can do this. So like, it's definitely it takes a little learning curve. But I feel like they've also with this update. Again, maybe I don't even know 100 percent for sure if I notice it, but some of those cards that I was mentioning where it'll be like a secondary, like if the card you played before this was an attack, Mm -hmm. um, then there'll be a secondary like you might weaken the enemy. But I feel like once you've played an attack, that card will kind of have like a yellow border. There's like there's something that that card like kind of will stand out in your hand as like. This to show that it'll have an added effect right now. Yeah, right. I, I can't tell for sure. I can't. I might. It might just have a yellow border anyways, because it's that type of card. Right. But for some reason, it always catches my eye when I'm able to use it. So I can't tell if that's just me seeing the yellow border. I, I'll have to double check that. I might just be talking out of my ass. No, but, but it's those little touches that makes Slay the Spire so good. Like those little UI elements that like just yeah. help you push through the game and make quick decisions because you have all the information right in front of you. And for once as you complicated how things look, it's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. For, for as, as complicated a game as it like is, like it is pretty easy to grasp. Like yeah. uh, even with all the different mechanics, like once you like get in, like it's like, I, I think it's pretty user friendly. 
Yeah. Especially with a controller, like I, yeah. you know, yeah. for a game that was definitely designed to play on PC. And again, I, I, I'm sure it would play really great with a controller and or with a mouse and hovering over the different cards mm-hmm. to see with all the ability. Like it would probably play a little smoother like that, I guess. Uh, but it plays perfectly great with a controller. And I think we even mentioned on a previous podcast, I haven't done it in a while, but the touchscreen controls work great it works. too, like swiping yeah. the cards yeah. and it feels mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it so, does. But it, it, I could definitely see like where there's like this card will do this damage and apply weak and change your stance and this and this. Like that would be nice to maybe just hover over the cards really quickly and see what all those different buffs and whatnot do. But right. again, it, it once you get used to and learn the the different cards that each character has to offer. Like it's, it's hardly even in, uh, I don't know. It doesn't hinder my progress at all. No, so yeah. for sure. Or hinder, hinder my enjoyment, I should say. But yeah, um, I want to play a lot yeah. more of that. Like talking about it now, yeah. it just makes me want to go pop that cartridge back in. And I know finish I'm already, I see this one. I don't have the cartridge. So I can fire <laughs> it up at, at, at will. I can, I'm playing some right now, actually. Nice no, to but. be able to save the run and quit. <laughs> that is very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. at any time, I think, yeah. right? At any turn, you can just pause, save the run, and pick it up right where you left off. Yep. So, um, well, one more game that we're going to talk about tonight that you cannot actually do that in, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> but uh, I've been playing some uh, Exit the Gungeon, mm. which uh, I think we've we've never actually like talked about Enter the Gungeon on the podcast, but uh, referred to. We've it. definitely, yeah, we've definitely wow. mentioned it. Like DJ Glenn, uh, our buddy Glenn, and I. Um, I put about, I've put over 90 hours in on my switch and probably well over 50 on my PS4 where I had it first. Yeah. Um, and I just figured like, ah, this is like the perfect game to kind of lay in bed and play. Right. Uh, I was just so hooked on it. And again, it always helps when you have like, kind of like we were talking with animal crossing, like having friends that are also playing the game. And we were just talking about, Hey, did you beat it with this character? Oh, I just beat it with this character. Oh, I got to the final boss. Like there was just so much back and forth between the three of us. Like I was so hooked on that game and, uh, Exit the Gungeon, uh, which is the follow-up, uh, came out uh, back when... I think it came out right when they released Apple Arcade. I can't remember if it was right uh, available at launch, but it was definitely available on Apple Arcade up until now. And then after the Nintendo did their like kind of Nintendo Direct, it's like the, the Indie World uh, version of Nintendo Direct. I guess they're not technically called Nintendo Directs, but the Indie World Showcase or whatever that they did. Right. Uh, after that, they or at the end of that, they announced that Exit the Gungeon was going to be live you know at the end of the presentation nice and uh this is basically the same you know it's another bullet hell roguelike shoot 'em up but you're basically on an elevator that's going up and instead of being like a top-down uh twin stick shooter it plays like a side-scrolling platformer twin stick shooter um Mm. you still have a lot of the same like the same exact mechanics essentially like you have your your dodge roll your blanks which are like a you know screen clearer that you can collect a number of or like you can get them by beating bosses and whatnot that'll like you know wipe out all the bullets on the screen but then you also have like your jump also acts as a dodge roll so like in the original game if you're during the dodge roll animation which is just kind of like a dash essentially but you do like a a dodge roll and during that animation you're invulnerable and same thing when you're jumping and this game so the whole time while you're in the air you're invulnerable wow and then you can also you can jump and then do a dodge roll mid-air so you have two different it it does take a little getting used to because you're using kind of the shoulder buttons to jump okay Uh, you don't have Hmm. to do that uh but it does since you're you you're 
at least for me, you don't, again, you don't even have to use the right stick to aim. You can technically use the left stick, but there's no way to, to stand stationary and aim if you're not using the right stick. So like I I do find myself kind of alternating between the two. I'm still trying to get comfortable with the control scheme. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever played stuff like, uh, like bleed use like a lot of, there's, there's a handful of different, I've talked about overwhelm on the podcast too. Like they all use that similar, uh, like all shoulder buttons and then you know joysticks jump on uh, the but, triggers but, is always hard for me to get used to that's the tough it's a yeah. little weird well it's a, the weird part is that you're doing it on like it for this game and in most games that i've played at least that utilize that you're using one of the right triggers to to shoot and then on oh, top geez. of that so you're having to use the one of the left triggers to jump oh geez and like just something about like hitting a button with my left hand on, on a controller just doesn't feel right at to least jump to me. especially yeah yeah it's <laughs> well, a, it's a little odd so it's also like odd. with a with a twin stick like 2d shooter like we so with one button map to shoot is that like are they still like managing ammo or is it like just holding that down as a constant so so you to the best. So that's actually one gripe I have with this game. So in Enter the Gungeon, there's all kinds of crazy guns, and same thing with Exit the Gungeon. But it kind of works more like Super Crate Box. Like you don't actually collect oh. like crates to get new weapons, but basically, mm. like you you get a weapon, and when it runs out of the ammo it has, you just automatically switch to the next weapon, and oh. it just kind of like on a random mm. cycle. And some of the weapons are like you have to keep like actually clicking the trigger to keep firing. Ooh. Some mo- most of no. them you can hold them down, but then some of them are like you have to actually like hold it down for a pretty long time to like charge it mm-hmm. up to fire. And though I cannot stand those weapons, so I'm yeah. I'm hoping there's some kind of custom mode or something where you can like shut some of the weapons off or right. or, or something to that effect cuz there are a few that just re- I just hate when I get them and I I just I I've only beaten the first boss a couple of times. Um, it's, I, I would almost say it's more difficult than, uh, the original, Ooh. which the original Ooh. is no, uh, no pushover Not by any means. Yeah. Like I said, I put like about 90 hours. Some into might that say game and prohibitively difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's great, but uh, I, I really love that game, but, uh, <laughs> I, I never got into the, the enter the gungeon mostly due to just me not being good at it. <laughs> I, I definitely kind of the initial, uh, like bug that got me was playing co-op play with uh dj and glenn sure and then like when they both picked up the game individually and then we started talking about it and stuff like all the time like it, it just was like the perfect storm i guess where i was just hooked on it yeah but even before they were into it, it was like that and downwell were the games that just got me so hooked on like this roguelike genre where it's all about like mechanics and like your your kind of the hand that you're dealt a little bit but like kind of being flexible with like okay i guess these are the weapons i have right now i guess this is gonna be my play style for this run because those and are like also I, like I, on the more arcade-y like exactly, side of yes. uh like roguelikes you're not like so much like becoming increasingly more powerful it's just like you getting Correct. a better handle of the mechanics and getting better on individual mm-hmm. runs yes those are like without question my personal favorite roguelikes like i think that's been like a great like there's another game called uh streets of red which is just like a beat-em-up roguelike like an mm, arcade right. side-scrolling beat-em-up brawler but it uses like you collect coins and then you can at the end of levels and stuff you can buy um upgrades and stuff but you can also use those coins to like g- you get another life if you die so mm. like it do- it really kind of like truly incorporates that like arcade mechanic and mental like it like gives you that like pumping in the coins and it like it lets a game have that like arcade sense of difficulty yeah without 
feeling so cheap because like you can beat not all these games but like you know a downwell run is like 20 minutes or an enter the gungeon run once you get good enough at at it and you're beating it on a regular basis is like 45 minutes so it's not like this huge long experience you know so i i just got really sucked into these mechanics and and exit the gungeon it doesn't seem like there's a co-op mode which is a little bit of a bummer it looks like it's only single Mm. player and like Mm. each of the characters has uh like different sets of levels some there's a little bit of overlap but it seems like each character kind of has its own path up out of the gungeon and there's some cool mythology i love the pixel art i love like the vibe and style of the game um, I, I don't really, I'm kind of feel like I'm coming across a little, little more negative than I want to. Cause I'm definitely looking forward to playing more of this game, but, um, and it's only 10 bucks, which was nice too. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, uh, yeah, especially considering that it's free if, or not free, but it's included with your Apple arcade subscription. So, sure. which is only, I think five bucks a month. It's super cheap for Apple arcade. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely still recommend it and, and am enjoying this game so far. I'm hoping that either DJ or Glenn or somebody else gets kind of hooked on it too. So I can get re-immersed in that, uh, exp- the same type of experience again, but right. we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, I, I intend to play more. It's just been a little too intense for, uh, <laughs> the mindset I've been in lately, especially. Yeah. yeah. It's just been, there's enough stress going on in yeah. the world. I don't need to <laughs> add more uh, into my gaming. Definitely not. So. Right. Yeah, like I said, it's a, that's probably why Animal Crossing is uh, speaking my language a little bit more right now. Yes, so. sir. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. You guys feeling good to uh, wrap it up there this week? Yeah. Feels good to me, man. Nice. Perfect. Well, uh, as always, you can uh, find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find our uh, at slash Pursuing Pixels. You can find us at PursuingPixels.com. Uh, we have new episodes of the podcast every Monday. And uh, until next Monday, we'll uh, catch you then. See ya. Bye-bye. Take care. So before we start recording, I have uh, something to get off my chest. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, in the last uh, aired podcast, I fucked up. I fucked up bad. So, Kevin, do you remember when you're like, NBA 2K21, like, that's the game I've got? I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. That's totally the game you got. Kept. No, no, that game isn't out yet. I was talking <laughs> out my ass. It was oh, 2K19 and 2K20. I was confused. And I, I should know even because remember. I play that fucking game like every other day. But I thought you said 2K20 on the did I you say you did. 20 on the podcast? I said, so I did play 20. I played the demo of 20, but then I also said, like, I swear I said something about like 2K21 and like they're, they're being like a year ahead or whatever. I, I'm almost I, positive I said something like that. I thought you like mentioned that, but like you never, I don't think you ever mentioned it in the context of you playing 21. Okay. I think you, <laughs> I thought, I th- yeah, I thought you just said it was coming out or maybe you might have said you were it talking was about, out you were, already or something. The conversation was about you playing 20. Right, and I played the 20 demo, but I'm still really playing 2K19. Oh, So I got okay. confused because I thought I had moved on, and that's because I played a lot of 2K18 on Switch. Uh, so my gotcha. years were off there. So, gotcha. So were the original... Do you want to make an every, addendum? No, like, so was every game... Uh, was every time that you were talking about it prior to last episode, were you referring to 2018? No. 2K18? No. So you, so okay. Legitimately so, that was 2K19. Okay. So this so time this, when you talked about 20, you were still talking about 19. Besides the part saying. when I was talking about the demo, that was about 2K20 
And otherwise, when I'm playing the game and winning the championships, I was talking about 2K19. Okay, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's my bad. Because uh, I, I think I might have put 2K20 in the episode. Which is fine, because I did yeah. play that and I talked about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to make like a little uh, at the beginning of this podcast, a little forager style apology? No, Should I we figured what we the, just uh, did would probably work better. I, I kind of wanted yeah. to spring it on you guys. So yeah, just put that at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, I'll find. Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to chop that out for sure. <laughs> nice. Dear listeners, nice. I come to you hat in as hand. an idiot. 